On today's episode of the Social Media Pubcast, we're going to get a little nerdy. I invited Dennis Yu of Blitz Metrics to come on, and we're going to talk about partner categories, custom audiences, and all the crazy deep targeting stuff associated with Facebook advertising. So check it out. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a new friend to the virtual bar and we get drunk on social media. Today I'm happy to invite my friend Dennis Yu of Blitz Metrics. How's it going, my friend? Hey John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, I, I love to have you on. I'm really happy you agreed to, to be on the show. I mean, you've, you've written for me in the past, uh, but what I love about what you do is that you're one of the few people who talks about the stats, but not only the stats, like you get deep, deeper, deeper, even, even than I do, uh, about Facebook ads and just, uh, the metrics in general. So, um, really happy to have you on. You want to start with a fun stat just to see how well, you know, data and see if the list can play along here. Oh man, you're scaring me oh, already, we're... Dennis. You're scaring me. What do you got? Well, right. So John, who are there more of on Facebook? Lawyers or military? Wow. Well, that sounds like a trick question, Dennis. Uh, but I'm going to say military. You're correct. There are 277,200 military on Facebook, according to their profile, from the Axiom targets in the U.S. And there are 155,300 Lawyers, there are even more farmers, 297,000, and there are more teachers, 303,000. And, you know, with the new partner category targets, we can break this out also by their income. Do they have a revolving credit card? Have they shopped for health and beauty items recently? Right, Because all of this data is coming through. If you have a frequent flyer card, if you earn points for doing things, if you have a shopper card to get – you know, discounts at the supermarket, if you register your car, if you have a product registration thing, all of that information is being passed back into Facebook. And it is amazing. It is amazing. And wow, what what a transition there. Good job, Dennis. Um, so yeah, that's exactly I, I wanted to talk to you about that, about partner categories. Um, just released what was it, uh, late last week, I believe. Um, is this something Fiction. that is this something that's been available to to uh, marketing uh, media company or excuse me media partners or no? It has been available for those folks who are part of the PMD, yeah. like we are, and they allow us to play with other items. We've seen the data logics data for about a year now. We have not seen Epsilon and Axiom, which are the other two data sources. Right. Yeah, I just started messing around with it, and um, really interesting. So those who aren't aware, and I wrote a post about this again. I think it was last week. Um, if you use Power Editor, and I believe it's supposed to be available within the uh, main ad manager now as well, but I didn't see it when I checked it out. But you should be using Power Editor anyway. Um, when you are able to select your audience uh, within that tab, um, you previously had the option of broad categories and precise interests. Those are still there, of course. But now you have partner categories, and that pulls in this data from Epsilon and um, 
and Axiom and Data Logics. It's just those three right now, right? It is, but there are going to be more, and there are going to be other custom data sources that you can end against. And you'll be eventually able to cross this against your custom audiences, which you can't do yet, which are the emails and user IDs that you upload. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So I, explain if you can. I, I think you know more about this than just about anybody. Where, where are these partners uh, getting that data? So the whole point of measuring ROI and social, if I can just backtrack yeah. a second, is you want to be able to tie the fact that there is an impression or a touch or a check-in or a like or a comment or whatever to the fact that somebody actually did something. And we know that on Facebook, you're not actually going to buy on Facebook, except you know, virtual games and currency and that kind of thing. Most of the stuff is going to, you're going to continue to buy things the way you buy them. In the grocery store, you're going to go to Macy's and you know get the 20% off if you sign up for the Macy's card. Any and pretty much almost all of those programs that require you to register are selling that data quietly to other programs. Now, mm -hmm. when you opt into somebody's program to get the 10% off on the credit card or because you want to earn miles and get the free flight, you know what I'm talking about. Now, people who are serious business people, they think they're too, they're too sophisticated for games and gamification. Oh, no, no, no. The people who are, I fly a lot, right? I flew 300,000 miles last year and I talk with mileage junkies, the kinds of things they will do to earn miles. I think, <laughs> you know, we all have people like that. That data is being tracked. They are playing games because people are willing to give up their information in exchange for some kind of reward. Further, they're willing to give up their information. I'm sorry, they're willing to give their friends information in exchange for some doodads or points. Like maybe later we could talk about how like Publishers Clearinghouse, these guys do it. I used to be able to, you know, they come up to your door at the check. Now, if you invite these other friends and you win the $500 a week prize for life or whatever, your friend wins too. And we see that there's value in referral marketing. So, there's all this data about what you're doing, you're consuming, you're just doing it. You've got the gas card, you fill up at Chevron, boom. All that data is tied back to all these other data sources. And we're in the, in the very beginning stages because think about it this way. You go to the supermarket at the end, they print out something saying, oh, get a dollar off butter next time you come in. Mm. And you look at that, you're like, eh, whatever. And this is not very far, so you don't have to, this is not like minority report. This, this is already here. The data is here. This is not like, what if we could build systems? No, 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 no. This, this has happened in the last 10 years, but... But the marketing processing and the rules and the campaigning and the targeting, which we'll talk about in a second, is the part that prevents us from serving personalized offers that are based on what you – imagine you did something on Facebook and then you went into the supermarket and it used that information on what you just did on Facebook and gave you a recommendation. And maybe it was a nice thing because on Facebook you said, hey, wow, it's really hot outside. I'd like, love to have some ice cream. you know. And we know that your favorite ice cream might be mint chocolate chip because of your profile and boom, you walk into the store and says – John, mint chocolate chip ice cream, dollar off just for you. Would you, would you like it? Yeah, I think that would that'd be pretty I'd love it. Yeah. That'd be creepy. I, I think you'd love it. So yeah. that's the world of what direct marketing is supposed to be. Now, in the last 15 years, there have been all these buzzwords, CRM, one-to-one, -one, enterprise marketing, all these CRM sorts of words, which are really proxies for saying the right message at the right time to the right person. But it's never been possible because the data hasn't been tied together. It's some crap data. Like when I used to do analytics at Yahoo, we saw all these people where they're, it said that they're, you know, the profession was an accountant and they were like in Alabama and like, you know, they just fill out their Yahoo profile with all this fake data because they didn't care, right? But now people have real information based on their actual transactions. Their social profiles are accurate because of 
you know, that why would you lie to your friend about how old you are? That you know, you're gonna you're gonna put in your accurate information because you see a reason to put in accurate information, and now it's all being tied together. And companies like Facebook, primarily Facebook, are exposing these targets so that we can target our messages and ads against these combinations, basically simple Boolean logic against all these targets. But most advertisers are failing miserably, even though there's more and more data. And Facebook keeps releasing these things like partner category targeting, and we hear brands and advertisers and agencies all saying, oh my God, I can't even keep up. Now there's this thing here. Oh, now they changed the thing that used to be called a dark post, and it's called like an unpublished published post, and now this is called that, and this the API changed, right? So, so how do you keep up with all this? And what are the things that you really need to know? Right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, all the ways that, that Facebook has, it seems like every single month they're rolling out some new cool feature, but they're all features that only those who are really deeply involved in Facebook advertising know about or care seem to care about. But it's things that, man, if the typical advertiser used it, they could they could really benefit from this. But it's all within Power Editor and everybody, or Power Editor or the or the API. And everyone, the only advertising the typical marketer knows is promoted posts and like my page and basic targeting involved with both. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so, so, so really interesting. Um, but I'm still, so from, for myself, uh, and like you said, it, you, you gave an example of the military and lawyers and farmers and each of those is like hundreds of, th hundreds of thousands, right, of, of uh -huh. um, users which I think is incredible. And as I was going through the, the partner categories, many of these were many, many, many millions of people. So, uh -huh. so the amount of sure. data there is insane. Um, I almost wonder, could it possibly be too broad in some cases? Because there's, I mean, if, if you've got a category that's represented by 50 million people, I mm -hmm. guess that's not particularly well targeted then. Um, but yeah. uh, so, so uh, what could you provide? Cause I know there aren't really any case studies right now, but uh, any examples of the way you seeing partner categories used for advertising, do you think it'll be used just for mainly for gaining likes? Uh, Cause you seem skeptical about getting sales through Facebook. I mean, what, what do you, how do you think people will be using it? Oh no, sales is fantastic. And we'll talk about ways you can do that. Custom audience targeting. Let me back up a step. So most of the people in the audience, I assume, are very familiar, and they've they've got their bread and butter on Google AdWords, right? I mean, you spend money on Facebook and whatever, but the conversion is on Google. And those of us who have been doing search marketing for a dozen years, we understand the concept of the keyword, right? You go to Google, you say, I'm going to buy this keyword, allergy medication, you know, whatever, used cars, Tampa, Florida. And all you get to specify is one thing, mm. right? If you run a dating site, you're you type in, oh, you know, gay male San Francisco, single mom, you know, San Diego, California, whatever. You only get one thing. But with Facebook, it's and, 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 and. So I call that onion targeting. Hmm. So I'm looking at this one here, and this one I think is data logic, OTC medication buyers. Okay, these are people who bought pills or whatever. And there are 11,692,900 people who have bought you know, whatever Tylenol or Nike cash register receipts. It's not like some estimated thing. They've actually bought cold medication. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I would never target 11 million 600 people. That's ridiculous. Unless I'm, you know, I'm a big brand advertiser and I just got money to blow and I don't really care. It's not my money, so I'm just going to go ahead and spend the money and I'm lazy. Mm. But I think anyone who's listening to John Loomer wants to be a little bit smarter than that, right? If you're here, you want to you want to be on the latest thing, but at the same time you're sort of drowning in all these new things. So here's what you do. The idea of onion targeting is you combine targets. So, all right, fine. You have 11.6 million people who have bought cough and cold medication. You combine that with people who have certain kinds of you know, sleep apnea or they have different kinds of – or maybe you do day party. And you say, hey, you know, I'm going to run my ad only between midnight and 6 a.m. local time against <laughs> people who I know have bought cold medication or I know that they have some allergies or I know that they – right? So how do you combine that? Think of all the different ways that you combine this. Here, let me go into another category. This one is called grocery spending behavior. Hmm. And there's 21 million that are premium brand advertisers. How do I use that? How do I use these in combination with my custom audience? Let's say that I'm an e-commerce player and I sell all sorts of random gifts or whatever. And I know that there are people who have, let's see, what's a good one here? There's, there's different ones. They they have a revolving credit line. Let's, you know, let's say that we know that they are a blue-collar worker. They have at least $10,000 of re- recurring credit card debt. Well, that's probably a good target for somebody who needs a little bit of help, right? So you have to come, you have to and, and, and with mm-hmm. demo, with geo, with partner category targeting, with your custom audience targeting, which isn't available yet to be able to cross those, but it'll come, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you and, 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 and this is what I call onion targeting, you eventually get down to those audiences that I like to have audiences that are under a thousand if I can, right? Oh, wow. And then you end up having a hundred or a thousand of these audiences that are only a thousand. And people look at me cross-eyed. They say, what? You know, I, I've only got five ads in my campaign and I've spent, you know, whatever, hours and this is as far as I could get. I mean, it would take me three years to, to create a thousand of these. Well, that's where you use Power Editor. That's where you use the API. And this is moving to something that you're going to start to hear a lot more discussion about. And you'll hear it talked about under the, the phrase programmatic ad buying, right? So programmatic ad buying is you have a system that goes out and just you give it rules, you give it a bunch of targets, and it just churns through all these different combinations, right? So let's imagine you're going after the 8 million people who have user credit card at a gas station. Okay, well, what does that tell you about them? Are they more likely to buy soft drinks? Are they, is it more likely to be mom? You know, you take that and you, you cross those people against the, you know, the people who are on their family vacation, Orlando, because they have a rent-a-car. Right. Or you cross, I mean, think about all the different and, and, and. And when you and enough of them, to, enough of them together, you have a particular audience that you match against particular conversion targets. And then, of course, use the offsite pixel like we've talked about before. Right. Specify a CPA, so what a conversion's worth. And then you have Facebook system do the brute force to figure out which in those audience is going to convert for the thing that you want to do. And then us lazy marketers, we have Facebook do the work, but you still have to upload thousands of targets because, you know, when you get the data back from Facebook ads, they don't break it out by the different interests. So if you cross, let's say you cross one partner category target against 20 precise targets. So you take that audience of 8.2 million people who have used a credit card at a gas station. You will it down to you know 100,000, and then that's broken out into 20 different targets. Does Facebook break out the performance by each of those targets? No. Right. So you have to create separate ads for each of them, right? Yeah. So things like that require systems to do that. And I believe that the future of analytics is actually in the advertising side and all these different tools like community management tools, 
I think are going to have to tie into this, not just because Facebook says so, but you know, Facebook changed the, the PMD rule so that you have to, if you don't have an ads angle, they don't want to talk to you basically, right? Yeah. That's not what they said. That's the way, that's the way I'm interpreting what they're saying, right? Right. And for, for most marketers, this, they, they reach this holy moly moment where they maybe, they find some success and some micro-targeting, but they can't get the volume, right? Yeah. Custom audiences where you upload the email address, what we typically hear is this, and I'm sure most people are nodding their heads and thinking, yeah, it converts well, but I just can't get enough, I can't get enough people to convert, or I get I not, not, not enough click volume, or, you know, they're running the, the sponsored results to search ads, right? Not enough click volume. And that's why they have the lookalike targeting. That's why there's partner. And there's, you're running a combination of the broader groups. If the broad group converts, let's say it's that 8.2 million in the gas station crossed by basic demographic or whatever. If that works, then go ahead and make 10 other variations based on that, right? But don't go instantly multiplying a thousand variations until you know the first couple work, right? Cheers. Shifting gears. Um... Custom audiences look like audiences. So uh, another new feature that you kind of tipped me off to a while ago before it even came out to the masses was lookalike audiences. And, uh, you know, what, one of my favorite tools has been custom audiences because that allows me to upload my email list into Power Editor. Facebook matches them up and I can target ads at them whether they like my page or not. So I found that to be extremely effective. Uh, but now what you can do... Is Facebook? Uh, you can create lookalike audiences based on uh, what was it, reach or well, similarity, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it's either top one percent or top five percent. They match them up to similar users based on uh, I'm not even sure exactly their their interests and whatnot. I guess I mean, what 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 else can you add to that? So the reason Facebook came out with lookalike audiences is basically list expansion, right? Because the number one complaint. That people have had about custom audiences is not enough volume. Yeah. All right, great. I have my email list. I have. I can't tell you how many people have come up and said, "Oh, I uploaded my list. I, you know, I have two thousand email addresses in my list." <laughs> okay. Well, what do you expect off of that, right? Yeah. I mean, geez, when you mail your list. I mean, do you expect two thousand opens and two thousand clicks? Hell no. Right. So why would you expect the same thing on Facebook? Oh, because there's a billion people. Well, silly, you only have 2,000 people in your custom list. It's, you know, right. even if you do the friend-to-friend -friend targeting, like whatever. So the whole point of lookalike audiences, like you said, is to match for similarity or for reach, which is just ways of trying to make your list bigger. And so far, we find it works pretty well. Yeah. Just a way to make your list bigger. Right, exactly. And it's ex exactly why, um, you know, it's something that I've been trying out because – yeah, my list isn't very big. It's six and a half, six sixty-five hundred people, I think. But only usually like half of those will actually be uh, matched up to email. Uh, half of those email addresses will be matched up to accounts on Facebook, because that's just the way it works. Yeah. And so, so you end up with a really small list, and then like yeah, you use it in the beginning, like oh, this is pretty cool, it's pretty effective, and then slowly it's like you've exhausted it, and people are sick of seeing seeing your ads, and it's not going to be effective anymore. Yeah. Well, they don't. They don't know it was a custom audience target. They don't. People. You see, the thing about Facebook ads is people don't know what caused you to match up against it, sure. unless you call it out. Saying, "Remember that whole thing with the what was it called, muffin top, right?" When <laughs> Zuckerberg was on Oprah, and they are the ads. Hey, are you thirty-one and fat, right? Because you could you could target you know, people who like fried chicken and female and thirty-one who live in Alabama, or you could you could do all that kind of stuff. But the other part about custom audience targeting is, like you alluded to, the match rate. So we've seen 
CPG brands get upwards of 90% match rates, wow. which is crazy if they have a clean list and they're CPG. But <clears throat> we've seen a B2B usually be in the 30 to 40% range. And the reason why is that they're subscribing to you, you know, the John Loomer is, you know, they're their marketing managers at some place and they want to get the leg up on all the latest Facebook stuff. They may be using their business email address. Yeah. And that's not the same email address that they're using on Facebook. So the fact that you're getting a 40, 50% match rate makes sense because you probably have a mix of consumer be. What are some results you're seeing then with uh, the look like audiences? And are you using both the, uh, to, to explain, I mean, the sim- similar audiences um, would be those the top 1% and then and I could be screwing up the, the, the lingo on this, I apologize. And the other audience uh, to build by reach is a top 5%. Are, have you been using both of those and what, what type, type of results are you seeing? There was one, we're going to publish a case study where there's somebody who sells at this, it's amazing how many niches you, you discover when you meet people at conferences, but this dude, he sells these end of, like, you know, the end of the world, these kits that have like everything that you need at the end world comes right yeah and he had a 40 I think, see if i can remember it correctly because we're, we're going to make it public some of the some of the brands we work with they they, are, they don't let us tell you the numbers but i can tell you generally kind of what the numbers are but this guy here i think he had something like a 46 percent conversion rate oh, against wow. his regular list okay now this is let me just make sure i i tell you this properly so that people don't get the wrong idea okay so here's the way he set up the test he had a list of whatever twenty thousand people yeah, no, it's 40,000 people, and he split it into 20,000 and 20,000. And 20,000 of these just mail them normally. Okay, here's the latest survival stuff, you know, be, buy all this stuff. And then the other 20,000, he warmed them up by hitting them with custom audience targeting, and he spent $200 in total, so not very much money. Obviously, the cost of traffic super low because it's all just remnant inventory, CPM, right? Hmm. And... His conversion rate went from something like 45% to 68%. He had more than a 50% increase in conversion. And a conversion is a purchase. Wow. They bought. So you do the math on the revenue, and it was a huge ROI. That is not unexpected. If you have a clean list, if, if your email list produces revenue in real life, it will produce revenue on Facebook for you. If it doesn't, see me and we'll figure out what's going on but that if it doesn't you're you're silly basically <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's interesting i mean th- these are there's so many tools like this that if you use them you can get ridiculous results and what i what i love it always cracks me up when i hear people say you know i try facebook ads and and they don't work I'm like well what'd you do yeah, you push the car to the wall you blame the car because yeah. you, you you got a brand new car brand new ferrari you don't know how to drive stick you drive it into the wall and you blame ferrari yeah right okay right. well we, we've talked to 20 in, in the last three weeks we've talked to 20 e-commerce retailers to optimize on the different you know ways we're doing optimization custom audience targeting and the consensus is if you're an e-commerce retailer it's to the point where they're using only custom audience targeting or mm-hmm. it, every ad must have custom audience targeting because it, it's what converts. Sure. Just and it, does. If you've got that list, it only makes sense to use it. If you got a large list to, to work from. Cheers. Let's talk about the future. I mean, what, 
what are your feelings about either things you do know about or kind of your sense based on what's been happening and the way Facebook's been building over the last six months or so? What, what are some of the exciting things that, that you're kind of looking forward to? In order to work with Facebook on some of the new stuff that comes out, you have to sign a mile-long document that has all kinds of stuff that I don't even know, right? I mean, when you go to Facebook, right, they make you sign all this stuff, right? So there's some stuff we're not allowed to talk about. But you know what? It doesn't even matter, John, because you can see the train coming a mile away. You don't need – I mean, it's pretty obvious. You don't need to know all the exact little details exactly about you know how it's going to roll out. But for those of us who are marketers, I challenge anyone here to be to honestly say they are not overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's coming out. You know, Pinterest this, Instagram that, oh, custom targeting this, and this kind of tool and that kind of tool. And you may or may not be a programmer, or you may just say, ah, I'll just have someone else do the programming or the, the big data. That's that's the kind of consensus I hear. And anyone who's not willing to admit that, I don't think is being honest. No. Right. Even people like me and you, John, who are at this thing 24-7 where everything, anytime something new comes out, like we're just squeezing it to try to find everything we can, you know, to try to, you know, find every angle to arbitrage this thing, right? Right. Because we're supposed to be in the know. But if you're not one of us where you're just 24-7, this is all you do because you have a real life and because you have, you do five other things in addition to managing your Facebook ads or whatever, here's what you need to know, that there's combination targeting that's making things available. There are tools that are going to force you long run to use Facebook's own systems as opposed to third-party optimization systems or single-point solutions. So most of us are feeling weary because there's so many single-point solutions. Here's one to manage contests. Here's one for analytics. Here's one to do ads. Here's And pretty soon you're a tool jockey, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you start to use tools that have multiple functions in them so you don't have to try to import and export data. Let's say, for example, you use MailChimp or, or Constant Contact or Vertical Response. I don't know, like whoever it is for your mail, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to see optimizations, integrations where you'll be able to one-click inside your mail provider, upload that into Facebook. Or your analytics tool will allow you to automatically connect through that API, one-click, you know, authorize this app with like access to blah, blah, blah which is single sound basically like that. You're going to see more and more tools that will do that. So your tool space in the next year is going to evolve to smarter tools where Facebook themselves is going to give you better tools as they do. And they have to because in order for them to increase revenue, they try to get their revenue up by partnering with agencies and by being friendly to the tool providers. And as you can see, they've not really had the traction there. Yeah. So they're going to take that ball into their own court to increase revenue. This is me talking. I'm not talking on behalf of Facebook. This is Dennis Yu's personal opinion. All right, don't sue me. This is just what I, I've been right on every one of these. It's because this is the way things are going. It's just obvious this is the way things are going. So you're going to use more of Facebook's own tools. So you need to learn those and be less reliant on single point vendors. You're going to have to tie this in with your analytics and wherever your conversion is. So if it's a Google Analytics and you don't have your goal tracking set up. Well, you got me me excited today, Dennis. I mean, there's just so much going on, and I tell you, you're you're one of my go-to people to figure out what the heck does this mean be, uh, when Facebook rolls out some new ad tool. Because uh, man, you're you're deep in it, and you've be, been deep in it for a while. So, uh, got to wrap up, unfortunately. But tell me a little bit about Blitzmetrics, what you guys are doing over there. In two weeks, we're launching our self-serve, where you can go to dashboard.blitz. 
Um, I, I saw last night that our lead engineer made it public and we have not connected in our billing because we're going to charge like once we get the billing connected, we're going to charge a dollar a day and make recommendations inside your dashboard and all that kind of stuff. But if you go sign up now and you be our engineer before he puts in the billing, then you're going to get it for free. Oh, nice. So something, something to think about for connecting your Facebook analytics with Twitter analytics and YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. Good deal. So where can people find you? They can find me at fb.com slash Dennis, U-D-E-N-N-I-S-Y-U. You can see me on my blog, dennis-yu.com, or you can just email me. Probably the best way. I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. Dennis at blitzmetrics.com. Great. Well, thanks so much for pulling up a stool at the virtual bar, my friend. Dennis, you, thank you. Now, that was nerdy. Thank you, Dennis, for being my guest. Um, you know, there, there was a little issue with the audio at times, and... He had mentioned a, a link at the very end, a URL, dashboard.blitzmetrics.com. So check it out. All right, so if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever it is you heard it. That's how I reach more people. So otherwise, until next time, I'll have a new guest next week. Make sure you tune in. Do awesome things. I'm out.